0: hello 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 and welcome back or welcome to the unpack energy podcast where we unpack heal and rebuild so we finally made it to june and as promised i cooked up some good stuff for y'all this month as you know we celebrate father's day on june 19th, and that holiday is in my opinion not synonymous with anything it's just a day for a lot of us. So the flip side of that, I really wanted to take this month and just turn it into father's month. I wanted to have guests on the show that were coming from the father perspective in many different ways. And that's exactly what I did. I have some really wonderful people coming on and I know that you'll enjoy it as usual, but let's get started. Today's guest is Jared Flanagan. Jared is coming on the show to talk to us about his perspective of co-parenting not only co-parenting but co-parenting in a healthy situation a lot of times y'all if we tell the truth co-parenting is not easy it's not fun and sometimes it's just downright a mess because there's so many components involved you got two adults Feelings, emotions—you don't know if the, the the separation or divorce is mutual. You know, it's just a whole lot going on. And then we have the children or child in the middle. And sometimes our feelings overshadow that. Sometimes our emotions overshadow that. So it takes a level of maturity to be able to say, you know what? It's really not about us. It's about the kid. I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. I love every episode that I do. It's fun. I get a lot from it. I love sharing my stuff with you guys. I love when we have guests on to share different perspectives. I really enjoy this podcast and has now become a part of my life. And it's, it's brought me into rooms that I never thought I would be in. I have relationships and friendships with people I never thought I would meet all across the world. And I'm learning a lot about myself, too. But this episode right here, y'all, it really, and I'm trying not to get emotional because y'all know I got a cold Capricorn heart. But on the flip side of that, I ain't nothing but a little gummy bear. This episode right here with Jared really touched my soul in so many different ways. It's almost like he spoke to the little girl in me because everything he talked about, I definitely could relate to from a child's perspective. And it's just, it just really warmed my heart that there's black men out there who understand the assignment and are completing the assignment, especially when it comes to their kids. No, he's gonna tell you he's not perfect. It took some time, but it's just the fact that this man set aside all of his emotion, his feelings, his thoughts, whatever he was going through and put his daughter first. And also in the process acknowledged that he had to trust his ex-wife to make good decisions. And so with that being said, y'all just go ahead, sit back, get some tissue, call your homegirl on the line who be having baby daddy drama, call your homeboy who be having baby mama drama, and y'all listen to this one. This one really touched home for me. I know that y'all enjoy it. All right. Thank you, Jerry, for coming to the show to speak with us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. You know, thankful for the uh, the invitation, and uh, yeah, ready ready to to talk about
0: it. All right, so guys, I asked Jared to come on to the show today to talk with us about uh, co-parenting and a healthy situation. A lot of times, we let me say this: a lot of us don't know or, or can't really attest to um, knowing of a lot of situations where it is a healthy uh environmental healthy situation for the children especially involved and because that can be a difficult thing it's, there's a whole lot of things that go on to play with that so Jared and I had a pre-meeting uh interview a couple of days ago and I just was so come just so struck by his story so here he is y'all he's gonna talk to us about that. <laughs> so all right Jared so talk to me about tell me a little bit about yourself
1: well, yeah, I'm a, you know, I guess a black dad before anything else, I have a, a six year old daughter Elise, um, her mother and I uh, were married and got divorced uh, when she was about two, I want to say, you know, maybe two, two and a half, somewhere in there. Um, I was dealing with uh, substance abuse issues, uh, alcoholism specifically, and, uh, you know, really took a toll on our marriage and, and created like a, an unsafe environment you know, for my ex wife, you know, and and her daughter. So she you know she really felt like she had to get away from that, and uh you know, I can't blame her for that um you know did some some rehab and you know a lot of work I've been sober the last uh three and a half years, and um I have been able to you know to build back a relationship you know with my daughter and you know my ex wife for that matter um and yes, and so my ex wife has since uh gotten remarried, and um yeah you know, just that whole journey from you know uh getting divorced. And then you know a new man you know entering you know my ex wife and my daughter's life and the adjustment process. Uh, has been a, a struggle, but I, I like where we've we've gotten to and I like where we are um, right now You know, in the beginning, it was sort of. Um, I think I think you know my, my ex wife was uneasy about you know talking to me about so I was getting a lot of information, um, you know, through my daughter, which is a difficult thing to do to get you know to, to hear these things from like a you know a, a four or five year old and um and still have to be like in dad mode after she tells you something that's kind of you know breaks your heart a little bit you know because at that point the divorce was still pretty fresh um and uh and it was there was a a long period of time where I had a lot of resentments about the way those things were handled um I didn't have any relationship um with her you know fiance now husband. Um, I didn't even know his last. Name. I used to complain to people all the time. Like, you know, my, my daughter's around this guy or, you know, I think they bought a house at that point and living with this guy. I'm like, I don't even know his last name. And, um, they said that, that it was a very, it was a very negative situation at one point. And I think that the turning point for me was, um, uh, I was having a video call, uh, with Elise and, you know, we're having a good time. She's showing me all the stuff in her room and, and playing with her dolls. And, uh, and the fiance was there at the time. And I think he was leaving the house. And I could hear him, you know, calling her, you know, to say goodbye to him so he could leave. And um my daughter, you know, she froze. I could see in her face that she didn't know what she was supposed to do. She didn't know if she was supposed to leave a conversation with her dad to go, you know, say goodbye to him or if she was supposed to stay. Like she just she didn't she didn't speak, she didn't do anything. She just literally froze in place and it was it was it was a heartbreaking thing for me to see Mm -hmm. that her at like five, four or five years old was was dealing with this and she didn't, you know, this was a stress a stressor for you know, a five year old that really wasn't in this situation by any fault of her own. So um, I decided then that you know, I need to take this away from her. This is an adult thing. And adults can handle this. And um, whether we knew it or not, you know, it was affecting you know, someone that we all cared about and um yeah we, we've taken strides since then a lot of it has just been you know humbling myself and and uh accepting the situation for what it is um you know um, having faith in you know her mother which i, I know is a good mom that, that she makes she makes good decisions so um i have to have faith that the people that she introduces into our daughter's life um, are good people, and um, and so far, you know, he's proven to be that. And uh, you know, it's it's become uh, a pretty dope experience. You know, she, she just finished a soccer season, and the three of us were there for every game. And it got to a point where I really felt like she had an advantage over the other kids because she had you know two dads. She had three people there to cheer her on. Wow. Um, for every game, you know, he was more involved in like the actual like coaching and, and the soccer. And I was just there to give like high fives and hugs every time she came off the field. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, like I said, it felt like she had an advantage having the three of us, um, you know, over kids just had a mom and dad. And that sounds, you know, crazy to say, but you know, that that is that's how I felt. And I'm happy for that.
0: Wow, that 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 right there is just so loaded and so deep. And before we even move on, I just really got to say uh, thank you because uh, and I'm so proud of you because the. Thank you. It's just it's it's such an amazing thing to hear something like that, to hear the the sincerity and the maturity in your voice. I don't know you uh, personally. uh, Jared and I have not known each other for 10 years, but it's just it doesn't matter. It's just uh, when a black king is doing what he's supposed to do and doing it with the best of intentions, man, we got to be proud of him. So I just want to just say thank you. And we are proud of you, Jared. Definitely, definitely proud of you. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this, um, because we're going to go all the way back to everything that you said and kind of work our way up. Initially with the divorce, was it difficult accepting that, you know, your addiction contributed to the divorce and that, uh, like you said, your behavior may have put everybody in this situation? Was it very difficult and was it, did you accept it in the beginning or what was that? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was very difficult, um, uh, you know, just because I, I definitely, when I was married um, and when my daughter was born, like uh, a lot of my identity, and I think for a lot of men, a lot of our identity comes from, um, you know, that, that, those relationships. I I prided myself in being a husband and I prided myself in being a father. And, and if you met me, you couldn't talk to me, you know, for more than 10 seconds without me mentioning my wife and my daughter. Um and then yet knowing that, you know, it was decisions that I made and um and you know and things that I had some control over. I mean, it, there's a whole other uh discussion to be had about addiction and and um and things like that. But yeah, knowing that it was preventable, it didn't have to um in the way it did, but uh but it did. And um and I had to I had to forgive myself. I had to um, you know, let go of resentments or like abandonment you know I felt you know toward my ex-wife she she was making the best decision um that she knew at the time to make you know for the safety of herself and her her child and um I'm glad it you know I'm glad things I think you know her leaving or the divorce may have been you know very much necessary I'm not sure what else could have pushed me to get the help that I needed I was definitely one of those situations where you know I had that uh, that masculine, you know, I can take care of this. I can handle it myself. There's no, you know, there's Mm -hmm. no problem. Or if there is a problem, you know, I got this under control. Um, and it really took, you know, just me being by myself, going from a house, you know, full of people, you know, my wife and my daughter, there all the time to being by myself, um, to realize that I can't do this on my own. I need the help. And if, and if I want to be the father, um, for my daughter that I knew I wanted to be that, uh, you know what i was doing couldn't continue
0: wow wow okay okay that that's so impactful too in terms of your daughter when the divorce um uh, was you know finally or finalized what was your biggest fear with regards to your relationship with her i mean i know you had a ton of fears of you know this is a new norm for you you don't have the, the house full the people you know you and your wife your ex-wife may be on maybe not the best of terms but in relation to your relationship with Elise, what was your biggest fear initially?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just um, it's not being not being dad. Like um, I before I had my daughter, I think there was like there was a major concern between everybody involved: my wife, her family, my family, my mother. Uh, I'm not a very emotional or I affectionate, but I actually had to like read books about like how to be romantic and how to be affectionate when we were getting married. So I could, I could learn how to do those things. Those skills didn't come naturally to me. And, um, we knew we were having a daughter. I think everybody was worried that like, I wasn't going to be able to, uh, show my daughter the affection and things that, you know, that, that she needed. And then, you know, the moment she was born and we had to do the, you know, the skin to skin time and they put her on my chest it's just, you know, just stuff that i didn't know i was capable of doing came out you know I, I she's been my sweet pea ever since she was born that was the nickname i gave her you know the first time they they put her on me and um and yeah so it's just like i've never you, i don't i don't think until you have a kid you realize you know like how much i've never wanted someone to like me more than you know
0: <laughs> your than, child right than
1: my child yeah like you know you think you wanted to impress like a woman that you were interested in or something but like I've never wanted someone to be impressed by me more than my daughter. And then when all of that happened, and I wasn't going to be in the house anymore. And there were things that had happened and people that felt a certain kind of way about me, because of you know, things that happened that may have negative things to say about me. um, That was the hardest part. That was my biggest fears that you know, she's not gonna look at me the way she used to look at me. Mm. And, And like I said, I took a lot of my identity from that, that that I was a father and that I had a, you know, a good loving relationship with my child. It just, you know, and that change or the fear of that changing, um, yeah, that, that was, that was the biggest, the biggest thing, you know, once you know, when the divorce was final and it's like, this is real, this is how it's going to go forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I think a lot of parents, uh, maybe not everybody can relate to that as far as that relationship with your child. You want them to that you really want them to like you. Like that yeah. is so important to you. And and I, and I'm glad that you like uh, put that into words because maybe that's something that as parents we don't really acknowledge. We never think about it. We like oh they just they're supposed to come out and we just love them. They love us. They we th- they think we're just the cream of the crop. And sometimes it's not always like that. You know what I mean. And and yeah. that's a big fear. Um, in, in recent years that I think uh society is starting to acknowledge especially in our fathers and i uh and that's why it was so important for me to to bring you know the fathers and the men on the show this month um because we don't give you all credit we don't create a space where you guys can share this you know i I never would have considered i I never really would have considered jared that a father would be concerned about if their child likes them or not. I just, you know, just based on some of the experiences and examples that I have seen. I'm not talking about everybody, you know, but that's what I can relate to. And it's funny that you that you talk about that with uh, when your daughter was about to be born, you having to learn how to bring that emotional side out, and that it wasn't it didn't just come natural to you. I read an article. I'm glad that we're doing this now. I read an article or saw an article, read a little piece of it, and I'll go back um, about two days ago and it talked about men's postpartum. And at first, Jared, I was like... Mm -mm. you know like mm -mm. now i didn't carry this baby went through all of these emotional changes i had the baby you know now i need to get stitched up or i got to be off from work you know whatever have you but we we don't even consider that you know we don't even consider what our fathers have to go through our dealing with you know, once the baby is here. And the one thing we do talk about in all fairness, we say, okay, well, men say, we acknowledge that men say, you know, well, now that the baby here, she loves the baby more than she loves me. Okay, but what about all the other factors? It Some some things don't come natural, you know, to certain yeah. people. Um, I, can, I can relate to that when my daughter was born I, and I, I can laugh uh, with harmony about this now, but I promise you, I didn't think my daughter liked me until she was about two. <laughs> I just didn't think she liked me. I think she just had this like, like, like this side eye. Like, child, God brought me here to be stuck with you. You know, like this <laughs> attitude, and I and I did everything I could. or at least I thought that I had to buy for attention, and it wasn't even. I didn't even have to do that. It just, it just happened over time. And and and, yeah. and looking back, it wasn't that I didn't that that she didn't love me. It's just that I never thought I was good enough, and so I'm glad that you you mentioned that and that takes time, you know? And, but I'm just, it's just a, it's such a beautiful thing that you said when she was born and you did that, um, you know, skin to skin. When my daughter was coming around and wasn't no skin to skin, it was get this baby out of me. So I (laughs) I can get something to eat, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm glad that you had that experience. I'm really, really glad that you had that experience. Now, you said when you and I initially talked, you said that your your ex-wife remarried, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and, and in terms of that relationship with her, I'm assuming uh, is this, uh, that the healing process was gradual. Um, when did it become important for you that your daughter not only continue to have that relationship with you, but for her to see that you and your ex-wife were able to have a, a healthy relationship as well? Because we have a lot of moving components here. We have the relationship with you and your daughter, the relationship uh, with uh, you and your ex-wife, the relationship with you and stepdad, and most importantly, your feelings. So we got we got four things kind of coming into play that you are you know just kind of thrust into that sometimes we don't acknowledge. And as parents, sometimes like you said, I, I've I've been hearing things, or you know, at least may have mentioned things that you know, you you may have hurt your feelings and now you got to put on dad face and just act like they don't hurt. But yeah. at what point did you realize before we move into the situation with, you know, stepdad, you know, hey, um, me and my ex-wife are dealing with this. It's kind of raw and tender, but she needs to see that uh, a man, although, you know, he's not with this woman anymore, her mom, they, they still have to be a level of respect there. And she still needs to see that you guys can have a cohesive relationship between the two of you. When did that come to the forefront for you?
1: Well, you know, um, I mean, a lot of it comes from uh, my mother and uh, my relationship, you know, with my parents. They, my parents, uh, were divorced before I was born, and um, and it was, you know, it was a tumultuous relationship. There, there, there was issues there, um, but my mother, you know, took great care to never speak negatively, you know, about. Uh, my father to my my sister and I like that was very important to her that however we felt about them that it would be our feelings and it come from us and it not be something that you know she put on us before we had a chance mm-hmm. to make that decision and um and then I also saw you know just um you know how much yeah you know, when when you're dealing with like a, a single mother or just you know a divorced mother and it's like in order for a mother to be able to be you know a good mom you know there's a certain amount of care or that needs to be given to her like she needs to be taken care of a little bit or she has to be okay if you're not okay as a person you can't be a good parent you know man or woman right. and um and so yeah with my daughter you know if i if i really cared about um uh, my daughter being okay um there were times where i needed to make sure her mother was okay uh, and i was you know regardless I, of you know how we were getting along at the moment um mom needed to be okay. And if I was telling my daughter, she's got to respect and listen to mom, then she needs to see dad, you know, show mom respect um, when he's around her. And so those are things that was just important to me, because I I saw how different, you know, they they say when people have trauma as kids, you're either going to grow up and you're going to do exactly what you saw, or you're going to do the complete opposite. You're going to, you know, if if I don't know what to do, I know what not to do. And that was kind of you know what I got from growing up with the situation with my parents and my dad not really being around. Um, I was really scared to be a father. Um, and then at some point, somebody said to me, "Man, you may not have an example of what you're supposed to do, but you have a clear example of what you're not supposed to do. So if you can avoid those things, you'll be in good shape." And um, and that kind of was just the motivation going forward. All right, don't do that stuff. and Some of the stuff I still did.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, and and you know it's a learning process it's it's gradual it, there's no book for one breaking up divorce separating and having a kid involved like there's no uh do step a this is step b and go from there it, it really takes a lot of maturity and that and you know you sharing your story that's what that's what I see all over it now I'm sure that there were imperfect times and I'm sure there were times when you definitely missed the mark but looking back you know what I mean um, you you had the best of intention I like what you said you might not know what to do but you have an example of what not to do yep. and, and shout out to your mom for uh you know setting the tone you know it, whatever the situation may have been with you her and your father she did not push that on you and your sister so shout out to her because that's that's a level of maturity that uh, that everybody doesn't does not have and certainly I'm gonna be honest I definitely didn't have it um and, uh, it, 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 it takes a, you know, when people say, I hate to use this cliche all the time, when it, they say it takes a village, it really takes a village because where I'm at in my life might not be where you're at, but we can lean and pull from each other. So yeah. that's important. And and I love what you say, if mom, isn't right. Or, you know, there's a, a, a level of disrespect there between mom and dad. I mean, how can you, you know, you tell her, you know, Hey, at you need to stop, you know? um not listening to your mom and when your mom asked you to do something you need to listen She like you know dad come on you don't even listen to mom you know so I, I like that I like that you, all I hear is that you're you know putting pushing Jared down you know for sake of a lack of a better term and saying you know what I'm going to uplift Elise and I'm going to uplift the this relationship so that we can show her what it's supposed to look like yeah Now, what happened in you eternally um, that pushed you into having a more cordial relationship with stepdad? Now, I know you explained that, you know, when you were video chatting or or on FaceTime with Elise, man, I I couldn't imagine, like, I I can only talk to you from a child's perspective, and I'll, I'll share that with you again, too, but I couldn't imagine how you felt seeing your baby's face you know the the her freezing up like that and i know that that was like the conduit for you to start that process but after you saw that what were the next steps for you like i know you didn't write it down and say you know a b c d e but from that point on what did you vow like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna set this to the side like what did that process look for you like step by step i guess
1: yeah for, for me um the main thing was I needed to create you know space for Elise I needed to make sure she understood it's okay for you to like him love him in front of me mm. like you don't have to hide. you're going I need you to have a relationship with him this this is you know your your mother's husband you know you're living in the house with them um they're going to be disciplinary things they're going to be things that need to happen you're going to need that the man around so i i need you to be able to have that relationship with him so i need for you to understand that i'm okay with it that you don't have to be uncomfortable um showing that around me because she would she would start to tell me stories and she would say his name and then stop like if she was she seemed like mature beyond here because i didn't i I i don't know where she was getting the feeling that she wasn't supposed to say certain things around me but she clearly had it and um you know and that's just one of the, another one of those things where we're like you don't you may not know that your children are feeling the tension and that they're taking on some of this stuff but they clearly are because yeah she would it would be all of these moments where i could see like she wanted to say something to me and she would stop herself or she would yeah. change a story or something like that or not want to tell me who she was talking about and um, so one of the first things i think we started doing because I would on, on my show she's referred to as Chefy Elise, cause, okay. uh I started I started cooking with her like she's she wants to be she wants to mix stuff and stir things and like you know and I knew a lot of that came from me like just that curiosity and wanting to play around with stuff and um and I could either you know not pay attention to it and then she just be making concoctions in the bathroom or something and something go horribly wrong <laughs> or you know I could try to steer that into something you know uh good positive that she could do with dad and it'd be fun. So we, we started baking and cooking and um, we would normally, you know, send you know, send stuff home to mom. And then I started making it clear, like, you know, we need to, we gotta include, you know, stepdad in this. We gotta make sure. Um, I think the first big one was I had her for like father's day weekend and she came over and she gave me my gifts and it was great. And then we baked cookies and I made it clear that we're baking cookies you for you to take home, you know to stepdad
0: mm. as his
1: father's day gift right so like it's okay for you to be here with me you know acknowledging him you know also as a father figure like i'm you know that's that's fine you don't have to hide that or feel some kind of way about that i don't want you to feel some kind of way about that because that's you know the whole weirdness of that is not your problem you know that's that's for us to work out we're adults we can handle it you're five like let me take that off your plate like don't worry about it everything's good
0: right wow that yeah we put our in these blended family scenarios, we put our situ, our children in these situations based off of our emotions. And like you said, that's something that we should deal with. If I if I'm not feeling you or feeling mom or feeling dad, stepmom or stepdad, what have you, that that's an issue internally that I need to deal with. That has nothing to do with you. And um I think it's so admirable when people do that. Like you you can't ignore the person like you can't if they're if they're there in the household with your child you can't ignore them like you can't say uh you know I don't want my child I don't want that person being around my child or I don't want them talking to my child you know it's it it just creates such a hostility and such an anxiety within the children that we don't even consider as parents I just don't think we do in the past um and, and admittedly, I, I can say this. I You know, in the past, I did feel like at one time uh, when my daughter's father and I weren't, weren't together, he was having like different women and stuff over. And I'm like, I don't I don't want them by my, you know, and I, I had to at some point let it go. My mom was like, you can't control that. All you can control is the safety and, and protect your daughter. If it's, a you know, of course, if it's an unsafe situation, then yes, you speak up. But I can't control what that man do. And I'm not going to spend my weekend and i'm supposed to be you know having some me time some self-care time worried about if, if, if this lady is taking my daughter to the pocket now i'm not gonna do that yep. you know but that, that that comes with time and it comes with a level of maturity and we need people like you uh you know to to share that with us like we got there's men that need to hear this there's women that need to hear this at all different ages. We can't just say because, oh, well, I'm in my 20s, I'm in my, th- I'm in my 30s, this is to be expected. No, we got older people feeling like that too, you know? And 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 even with situations where the adult, the, the child is an adult, good and in their 30, 40s. Like, why are you still beefing, you know, with my mother and, and I'm, you know, in my late 30s? Like, come on, you know? So, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, but people need to hear this. They need to know that. And, and it's so easy for us to say, we hear it all the time. Oh, it's about the children, but we don't practice it. Um, like I shared with you in our, our, our um, pre-interview, uh, I definitely experienced that. Like when you shared with me, like I wanted to drive there and give you a hug because it was like you were speaking to the little girl in me because I did experience that. Nobody ever told me to feel different about you know my dad or pick my dad or my stepdad over my, my dad. I was never taught that, but it was just kind of always that little, uh tension there if you know what I mean I didn't want my dad to feel like I didn't love him but I didn't want my stepdad who was actually there raising me spending the time with me investing in me to feel like I didn't care about him and it it, I I felt like I had to choose between the two so when I went with my dad I didn't call home when I was at home with my mom I didn't call my dad you know what I mean so um it, it it takes the anxiety off our children when we can learn how to move past our own feelings and, and get through that but I think you had a good start too with I'm not saying that you you know um you had an advantage but I think you had a good start with your mom because your mom set the tone and the example as well so now <clears throat> you you said something that I just thought was so just just phenomenal amongst all the other things that you said like this whole interview I'm gonna say everything Jared say is phenomenal I don't care what <laughs> talk Y'all, y'all, I don't care. Everything he said is phenomenal. And that's just what it is. I said what I said. But you said you had to trust your ex-wife's judgment, you know, and having stepdad around, knowing the type of woman that she had she is, or the character that she demonstrates that she wouldn't just have no joke or smoke around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so how for a guy, and I'm just putting in just just another brother if a brother came to you and said, you know, Jared, uh, my, you know, my, my ex-wife or my baby mom, she got this dude around. I don't want this dude around my kids. I don't want him talking to my kid. How, how can you help him, you know, move past that? Like what, explaining it this way, the judgment and the, the, the woman that's in the situation, how can you break that down for him? Because I mean, it needs to be said, most people won't understand it initially, but how, What's that conversation gonna look like if a brother came to you and said that, like, Jared, I don't want her around that dude around my kids, you know? And he just ain't. Yeah. What, what would you, you know, explain to him?
1: You know, it's, it, um, yeah, my 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 daughter is just an amazing little kid. Elise is is an amazing little kid, and and when she would come around me and you know the things she would talk to me about and and everybody that meets her loves her because she's she's well behaved and well mannered. And, you know, and at that point I knew, you know, it had been a significant amount of time that I had not been in the house, um, you know, that she wasn't, I wasn't raising her on a day-to-day basis. And so if I'm looking at my little girl and I'm feeling like she's a great little girl, I know a lot of that, or the vast majority of it is coming, you know, from her mother. So I know her mom is a, you know, is a good mom. You know, she's she's clean, she's well fed, she's not, you know, she's, she's taken care of um, and, and it, it, it really was like for me for self preservation, Like if, if I spent the time worrying about this stuff all the time, it was going to destroy me and and luckily for me I think like so many things in my life happened when they were supposed to happen. Um, if the stuff with the you know the alcoholism and rehab hadn't happened prior to this. Um, I wouldn't have understood you know how much of that how much of those negative feelings or that worry about things I can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to kill me like literally was going to kill me I had I had attempted suicide you know like a a year or two before um, the divorce so I I knew what those emotions could do to a person and um, I had to look at the situation and say she's a good mom my daughter's well taken care of she's a well-behaved well mannered you know lovely kid so she's a good mom Um, and if this is the decision that she's made to bring you know you know this man around her whether or not you know, I agree with how she handled. Let me know, or even if I should have been included in the conversation somewhere in there. Like you know, she's a grown woman; she can do what she wants. But I I trust her as a mother, so I need to trust her in this too. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's that's what's best. It's actually what's best for me.
0: Yeah. It's
1: sitting around being angry or worrying about it or hating this guy I don't know, um, was gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah. You know. So so this way made it make sense for me. Um, hopefully, you know, for other guys in situations, you can look at your child's, you know, mother that way. I, I would hope that, you know, that you could, and if you can, if you know, she's a good mom, then, you know, extend that, you know, to her other decision-making, you know, areas. And like, well, you know, this guy can't be so bad. And until I have a reason to think of him differently, I should assume he's okay.
0: Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you ever been in a situation where, um, you and I have you and him, you and stepdad have you know, had to have words or anything or when you, you know, maybe he questioned you or said something to you, Is it always kind of been cordial with him as well?
1: So far as you know, everything's, you know, been cordial and I, you know, there there are always things that happen, um, you know, where maybe I don't agree with, you know, his parenting technique in a certain situation or, or um, and uh, you know, sometimes I have to check myself because I I know there's like a built-in part of me. that says, he ain't gonna never. I ain't gonna never like him. There's nothing right. he can do. <laughs> there's nothing he could do. And I'd be waiting for him to breathe wrong, be like, yeah, dude, corny, you
0: know. <laughs> right, right. You know,
1: and I still have to check that every once in a while. But other times, you know, I you know, luckily for me, I still have my mom around, and um, and she's just my my uh my sounder board. Like I just call her and. And just you know, every once in a while she'll get to like, "Well, Jerry, you can't do that." And I'm like, "Ma, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm not gonna do right, it. there's nothing right. I'm gonna say to anybody else. I'm just telling you, so I can get it out. I know I need to get it out. You know, I ain't gonna do nothing, Mom. You know, but right. I, pre- you know, thanks for listening. Right. But,
0: this, you know. I'm just listening. yeah. I just, <laughs> right. Right. Right.
1: But yeah, right, oh, that's no. Cool.
0: That's, but, cool. So that's cool. That's
1: cool. There have been moments, but you know, I have my mom to talk. And she always brings me down, and it's. it's been nothing serious. And, um, and hopefully, you know, I think we, we we all do the three of us have a good enough relationship that if it got to that point, you know, a conversation could be had, it wouldn't right. need to, it, it wouldn't need to have to go straight to confrontation. Right? I hey, I, I don't necessarily like, you know, I don't think that maybe we should do this. And we've had conversations about like, what music, we want her listening to and he and I just, we happen to agree on a lot of things which sometimes bothers me. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> that's good though. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So most of the time we're on the same page and when I'm saying, "Oh, man, she told me she had been listening to Katy Perry. I don't like that for a 6-year-old." He's like, "Yeah, man, we need to find better music." All right. And I think I think it probably pisses my ex-wife off because she's got like she didn't expect it to be, you know, two on one like two of us against her in certain situations
0: yeah
1: but i guess i guess just as as black men there's there's some things that we agree on um naturally i don't know (laughs) it's weird
0: i got you okay so i you know i got to ask this question so y'all not like having a bros weekend out like going to the to have a beer nothing like that y'all are y'all to that point like hanging out and just you and him
1: no i mean you know he might hear this maybe he won't uh I don't, I don't expect us to ever get to that point. I'm not necessarily looking for that. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not looking to, to, to find a friend in my ex-wife's <laughs> new husband. Um, I think he's, he's a good guy. We had a, we had a thing not too long ago where, um, like I said, was my daughter plays soccer. And um, I'm always looking, like, I, I don't want it to ever be where they have to ask me for something. If I see a need that I can fill, I want to fill it, you know, because I don't ever want it to be like, we have to, if we don't ask him, he's not going to do it kind of thing. And so I I bought all her soccer equipment and about two or three games into the season, it comes, comes to the light that what I bought was, uh, I think, uh, softball cleats and not soccer cleats. And they actually, you know, she got like flagged for it before a game. And so, um, I went to buy some more cleats and I was talking to him and he's like, Hey man, don't worry about it. You know, we'll get this set of cleats since you got the last one. And um I had already bought them, so I just told him, Don't worry about it. I bought it. And when I got home, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, dude, you know she lives in your house, you know, she eats the food that you provide. Most of the clothes on her back come from you. I mean, I I buy clothes and things like that, but you're you're taking care of her day-to-day existence. Um, I can handle the cleats. Like I but I you know, but I have to respect the fact that um, you know, there's he's doing a lot, he's, he's caring for on a day-to-day basis, the most important person in my life. And so however I feel about him as a friend or not a friend, um, I gotta respect him for what he's doing. Cause that's, you know, that's a hell of a responsibility to take on, you know, for a child that's not yours and, and he's doing it. Yeah. So, you know, like, dude, don't, don't worry about some cleats. I can buy the cleats, you know,
0: right. feed her
1: tonight, you know?
0: <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Um, would you consider like ha, well ha, let me has Elise ever said, you know, you know, can she hang out with you and him at the same time? Is that a conversation she's ever brought up or anything like that?
1: She hasn't. And if and if she did, you know, I would I would absolutely consider it. You know, um Yeah, I don't I don't have a I don't have a problem with the guy. And um um and I think it'd be good for her. Mm-hmm. Um if it meant giving my ex-wife a break, you know, and the two of us doing something with her you know that also be an added benefit um and i and I, again i, I want to like emphasize with elise that there's no side to pick um you don't have to feel any kind of way about liking this guy or loving you know like you should and i need you to so yeah if she if she wants that if he brought it up you know i'll probably not gonna be the one to bring it up. and maybe i will maybe i'll get to a point i need that. that's the next step for me is to to where um I'm engaging him, like where he and I have a little bit more of a relationship. Um, right now we seem like coworkers; like we have a working relationship. Right. Um, but nothing personal. And that's, I don't know, you know, if whose side that's on, uh, but there's no tension between us. It's just, you know, we're two different, two, two
0: different, different people. people. Right. Yeah. Understood. Understood. All right. What What advice would you give to a brother that's going this this new to this situation maybe him and his wife just split or maybe him and his um child's mother just split what 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 initial advice would you give him i know it's easy to say you know be mature look at it from the child's perspective and that's hard especially when it comes to matters of the heart you know with some with a couple you know did love each other or were in love What, what would you what would you say to this brother
1: um I mean, you know, if not going that direction or if the you know think about the child, it would be. Again, like like self preservation Um sitting around being resentful sitting around being angry sitting around. Um, worrying about things that are completely out of your control um, it's not good for you and then if you're not if you're not in a good place you can't be a good father. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the whatever you can do. To so look at the situation in the most positive light possible, um, to approach everything in the most you know positive way possible, so that you know so that you can be involved. Because once you create like, animosity and once you create you know conflict, and people just expect that whenever you come around, things are going to get tense. Um, it's just, it's going to be that way, and yeah. and that's not going to be fun. Uh, there are many times where I've you know had to take my daughter out to the car to, you know, send her back with with mom and stepdad. And I'm not, I don't feel like, you know, having a friendly conversation, Um, but that's the best way to handle that situation. And and over time, because I think I came to the car friendly enough times, it just got to be a friendly situation. And we would stop and, you know, have a couple jokes about, you know, what Elise is doing in school or whatever. and that tension is gone, Elise feels it, you know, she gets to sit and laugh, you know, with us, you know, when we're doing that exchange, and it's a, it's a it's a much happier transition from from dad's house back to, you know, mom and stepdad's house, it's easier for me, I don't walk back, you know, to my apartment feeling some kind of way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it, it it really is in your best interest, because yeah, as a person who's just dealt with, you know anger and resentment you know all the time for years like, it just it eats away at you so whatever you can do to ease some of that with your life you know to look at situations differently is good for you and then if you can put yourself in your child's shoes and imagine the stress that they may be under um with them feeling that coming from you then you know do what's in your your child's best interest
0: very well said very well said well, Jared, I really, I really appreciate this. I'm telling you, y'all, if you're listening to this show, this episode, and you're not in tears right now, or this won't provoke you to write, want uh, to be Jared's pen pal, or to want to change who you are as a parent, I'm. I don't know what else to tell you because, I, I'm, I'm, uh, ten years out of my situation, but I'm almost in tears, and y'all know I'm I, Capricorns had the coldest heart. You know, we don't cry for nothing. Okay, I'm over here trying to hold my tears back, but. Jared, thank you so much for coming to the show. I truly, truly appreciate that.
1: Oh, thank you. Like I, like I said, um, you know, I, I, I all the time, I joke on my show all the time about you know fathers being like the, the lesser parent, and um, so just someone taking the time out to, to dedicate you know, some time to fatherhood and, and letting us have these conversations, uh, it means a lot to me. I'm glad I could be a part of it.
0: No problem. Now I have a closeout segment, so we got Jared. We kind of got over here. We got <laughs> you like that black mama. You can't get off the phone. So we gotcha. had two little close-out segments. So we have a. I have what's called the most interesting questions in the world. So what we I like to do is ask my guests two to three questions. There's no right or wrong. It's nothing too too personal, but just we we want to know a little bit more about you because we nosy over here at the unpacking okay. podcast. We just can't help it. <laughs> So with that being said, I got two questions I want to ask you. And I actually, there's like 70 questions, but I had um, two (laughs) viewers. I told them to choose a number between one and 70. So I had two listeners, I'm sorry, two listeners to uh, pick the number. So you got 12, number 12 and number 40. So let's go with this. First question, would you rather lose all of your old memories or never be able to make new ones?
1: Hmm. Man. And um,
0: no, he, why? That's it. <laughs> uh, they
1: luckily, luckily. <laughs> I say luckily for me, like things happened to me when they were supposed to happen. And I think right now, um, remembering what happened, like I need that. I need to be able to remember, you know, everything that happened, what I was able to get past, mm. um, what you know, going down certain rabbit holes is gonna do to me. I think if I lose sight of that, um a lot of things are gonna go left for me so I, I need to i need to be able to remember my path
0: okay okay all right number 40 see now this one too man see i'm gonna get this one <laughs> see, see black folks don't never listen hold on um okay i gotta ask it because they pulled this one up okay when you look into the past what do you miss the most man um See,
1: I told y'all not to be asking these deep questions. you do too much. I'm not gonna take it too deep. Uh, okay. I miss, I, I miss DC. Like, uh, I'm going home uh, first week of June, and it'll be the first time I've been home in probably like five years.
0: Terry, um, you to, lying for real? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead.
0: I gotta tell y'all. Just hold that though. I'm gonna tell y'all. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I moved to to Austin in uh, 2013. I, I've been home a few time since then but with the pandemic and then like rehab and the stuff i was doing before that it's been a minute since i've been home so I, I miss the city i miss just you know being in the city being around my people i love austin but it's not a whole lot of us down here
0: so right
1: right i can't wait to get back to chocolate city see i know folks.
0: that's right okay <laughs> okay hold on okay we will gonna i gotta go i gotta jump to one more thing my daughter told me to ask you a uh, uh, this or that question and i gotta like 30 this or that. But she wanted me to ask you this. Reality shows or documentaries?
1: Documentaries. I used to love reality shows. I was a big loving hip-hop person until I realized it was uh, eating away of my intelligence. So, I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, now wait a minute. Don't come for me because I still do be- <laughs> Now I feel like you're attacking me. No, but hold on. I should have said that at the beginning of the episode. I forgot, y'all. Y'all know how I am this brother is from home okay i'm from pg county he's from dc so we like family and i'm gonna be home the first two weeks of june so is elise coming with you
1: she's not, i haven't i haven't worked up the nerve to have like my first solo dad okay out of town adventure with her bro. okay we're getting there
0: okay cool okay so yeah we i got to see you my brother we family don't don't yeah. act, don't treat me like a distant cousin i'm want to have to come looking for you and call around like for real sir no, but hopefully we can uh, link up. It's look, y'all don't nothing warm my heart better than a Krispy Kreme donut and somebody from where I'm from. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, okay, this is the second part. This is the second closeout, Jerry, because I know he probably like, ma'am. Let me close out. Y'all gonna This is it. I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna bother you no more. But what we like to do, Pack energy podcast. We love to support our guests in any way possible we want to if you got a podcast you got a show i don't care what you got we want to support you and reach out to you you have a podcast called the white pants society podcast correct yes can you tell me a little bit about the name and how your show came to be and then we're gonna go into how we can support you
1: all right i'm gonna try to do the the short version because it could be a long story (laughs) um i'm not gonna curse either uh (laughs) (laughs) the The original the original name of the show was uh what is that white ish, and um okay. it was going to be like I had like six people yeah you know, of all different backgrounds I love Austin because it's really diverse and I had like six people of all different backgrounds and we were going to have like cultural exchange conversations we were going to talk about stereotypes and I was going to ask them why they wear hoodies and shorts at the same time and they could ask me about chicken and watermelon whatever but we could have those conversations. And then we realized that, like, you couldn't really market that. It's a little, I guess, controversial. Yeah. So um, we were looking for a way to change the name. Mm -hmm. And I used to be a rapper, like a lot of black black guys from my uh, my age group. Um, And so, you know, when you tell white people that you rap, like, the first thing they try to do is rap. And so, yes, uh, (laughs) Yes,
0: they
1: do. One of the famous lines from one of the guys that was going to be in that show was, um, "You got to wear your white pants while you still got a chance." And so we just. We just took the easiest way out and made it the, the white pants. So, yeah, it makes no sense. So I'm no,
0: no, no, it does. It makes a whole bunch of sense. You're right. Not um, chicken and watermelon, though. You play too much. <laughs> but, but let me tell you, I got to tell you this funny real quick. So um, my daughter and I, we order our food through Walmart so they can deliver it because I'm lazy. So we ordered a watermelon. Now, just, just stay with me. We do not eat watermelon what happened was I went to the store one day and I just was like, let's try a watermelon. I hadn't had one in years. So it was good. So we ordered one. They bought us. I don't know if they thought I was, well, they probably knew I was black based on my first name, but they probably reached in that watermelon bin and was like, Oh, she's black. Let me get the biggest one in America. (laughs) And so they bought us this like 90 pound watermelon and we had to cut it in half. And we had this whole half of watermelon. We like, what are we gonna do with it? And I said, Well, um, I'm talking to my door was like, well, maybe we can go next door and ask our neighbor, do they want the other has? And we just looked at each other like, nah, we can't <laughs> nah, we can't go ask them that because that's gonna be the whole stereotype that we try to stay away from. Because they would like, Oh, yeah, all black people eat watermelon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, that's cool, that's cool. But thank you for coming. You are definitely officially a fan, a, a friend. A cousin of the show we definitely gonna have you come back um i have some absolutely some panels that i have coming up in the next couple of months and we i would definitely love to have you on again thank you you really spoke to um, the little girl and me i know that there's somebody listening you changed their life and we need your testimony uh, people like you to share your story to help us not go through the same thing to help us create a new norm so we appreciate you that for that. My Thank brother, you. My brother, my cousin. And I'll see you in June.
1: Yes, yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> All right, y'all. Check out Jerry's podcast. Rate, write a review. Rate, write a review for my show. Send us some love. Slide um, to my DMs. I'm always telling y'all that. Uh, connect with us both. We need the support and the visibility. Know that I love you. God loves you most. Bye.